0: Hello and welcome to Breaking Geek Row the podcast, the premier flagship and international podcast of LRM Online. I'm your host, Brandon Jones, and on this special episode, I get an opportunity to sit down with Brandon Collins from the Medium Popcorn podcast, and we talk about his experience at the Toronto International Film Festival. I've done this film festival before, but it's been virtual the last two years for me. He had an opportunity to go, so I get his thoughts on films like Lakewood, dune and a slew of other things that he saw there and got to have an experience that i can only hope to dream to have one day soon when we leave this pandemic but for now sit back relax and get ready to have a good time listening to this podcast where we uh we laugh it up talking about these films i'll be back with you after the break let's hear
2: it let's hear it go Oh, I, I just really hated Lakewood. Um, it's Naomi Watts, she's on this weird tear where she's just like a bad mom in a lot of movies. She makes terrible decisions, but she uses her white privilege to get what she's trying to get for her kids.
0: It Name another movie. A,
2: What's another one? uh Book of, Book of Henry, where she this legit one. like plans a murder on behalf I heard, of that
0: son. It's I heard so many bad things about that movie that I didn't want to see. Because who directed that? Somebody directed Colin that. Colin think- And he lost Star Wars Episode
2: Nine because of this movie. Right. That's how bad it right. was. Right. And so I was like, eh, I guess I need to see that. That's exactly what happened. Oh, man. It was... But what Lakeland, made you watch the movie? Well, I, I'm a, I am a fan of Naomi Watts. Like She's a solid actress most times, but she really is getting into this weird thing where she's playing pretty bad moms. I don't know if that's like her lane or that's just like what her te- her agent's putting her in for. But this she movie- She might never realize it. Yeah, I, this movie, I get what it was trying to do, but there were so many things where I'm like, only a white woman be able to do this.
0: So what was it about what she did that made you think that she was a bad mother? Because I, I had the one that I told you about when we were texting yeah,
2: I think it's just the way um, that she was like, kind of talking to her son. Um, and the way she talked to other people, too. There's just something that was just so off-putting about yeah. the way that she portrayed a character. Um, and I think it was very telling that, right? And like again, like some of her friends had kids at that school, so they were going there themselves. But I think it was very telling that no one really picked her up.
0: Man, that drove me nuts. So I couldn't tell, to your point, I couldn't tell if that was a her issue or if that was like her friends are all assholes. You know, I struggle with that. So, that, that was um, a lot.
2: Um, but it's also like, who told her to jog like seven miles away from her home?
0: <laughs> like, I do that.
2: I do you know? that. I do. Well,
0: so like, um, but the thing is, it's a two-parent household, right? So mm-hmm, yep. in my, like, if my kids were that old, I probably still would even if it was a one-parent household because he could drive to school yep. on his own. So from that perspective, that makes sense. But I, I, I would run that far to answer. <laughs> <laughs> is um, correct? But-, but here's the one thing, and I, I said this to you in text. I think the thing that really bothered me that she did was she wakes up and she immediately tells somebody, Hey, I'm taking a personal day. And then when he, the son is having trouble getting up, she's just like, no, no, you gotta, you gotta get up. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's just like, no, the same reason that you're taking a day off. He probably also needs a day off. So. Yeah. And
2: that's probably what the guilt is supposed to be right with her trying to get to the school and she finds out he did go to school also that that due to the auto uh, mechanic place he wouldn't have been able to see that car let's be completely like i my college got on lockdown when we had an active uh gunman on campus there were helicopters you cannot step even like 20 feet near that campus for the whole day right yeah there's no way even if he could see the parking lot if he there's no way he was able to
0: actually go and be like yeah that's the car you just know uh, what? I was just like. I, I tried to suspend. And you know, it's funny. I didn't even think about that as I was watching like the scene at the end. I didn't mm-hmm. even try to match up like, okay. So he had to have been like somewhere in this area to be able to see that. Like it just didn't even cross my mind because for me, I was so wrapped up in like, all right. So this kid going to fucking make it out of here or not. And, cause of the people in the movie, like I was, I was pulling for him, right? Like I didn't like her friends. She was okay. And then he was like, all right, please don't let whatever bullshit was going on with him impact him and let him make it home. And then he did. I was watching with my wife and she, you should have seen, she was like, oh, like waving her face oh, uh, and just like, she was just so into it and like not breathing. until and- so we could see him did you watch The Guilty by
2: any chance of Jay Gyllenhaal?
0: I did watch The Guilty.
2: Okay, so for me, it was like, yo, white people have no chill because they were, Jay Gyllenhaal yells at that killer. Like, what, the person he thinks is the killer. Yeah. Like, just goes off on him, right? And then Naomi Watts calls the shooter and is like, he's a good boy. I'm like, don't tell him about your specific child because he might be like, yo, your mom called me. I'm going to kill you. Like, there's just
0: so many bad decisions she made. Is Everything. that what, So I couldn't tell that that's not what happened. There was a moment where like he's under the table with mm-hmm. the phone and yep. he's saying something to her. And I could swear I heard the killers, or the, the gunman saying something like, um, who are you or something like that. Was he talking to him or did I miss? I think the he was talking scene? on the
2: phone because I remember that's a video. I think the son sent her. Okay. So he was recording that video and sent it to her while she was on the phone with the, the shooter. And okay. then, but then my, my whole thing is though. One, like, you don't know how unstable this dude is. You don't know if like he has a specific target. You don't want to put a target on your son's back. Right. Yeah. And then on top of that, she kept frantically calling her son back. And I'm like, if this kid doesn't have the where and thought to put his phone on silent, you're going to get him fucked up.
0: Like that drove me nuts. There's just so, so many
2: just- things
0: I, yell. so this is funny. This isn't a horror movie, but as that was happening, what you're describing, I'm like yelling at the screen. Why the fuck are you calling him? (laughs) Right? Like at that point, she already should, should, she knows or should know that something is happening. And yet she's calling back. And to your point about having the wherewithal, that's one of the first things they talk about now is make sure your phone is on silent for these kinds of things. And for me, I... I walked away from that movie angry, not necessarily her. Like you're right about the things that were problematic with her, but I walked away so angry at American society Mm, that (laughs) that they just pale. Yeah. Like I was just like, fuck all of you. Cause this is a thing that is unique to our country. Yeah, And if it happens somewhere else, they do something about it. And it's just like, I can't, I can't with you people.
2: I think it was at South by Southwest. There was a movie about school shooting with like Julie Bowen um, and it's about like her daughter like is at the school where like there's at the shooting. You, so you see the kids in the school and them dealing with that, the trauma of that. And yeah. that movie was also like, I think it's just me, like the same feeling you have, Brandon, which is American society is so fucked up. Like yeah, that this keeps happening and we keep making these movies. And so for me, I'm never 100% end because I'm like this has been a problem since I was in middle school like what is going right. on? right and it's yeah you know it's it's definitely an issue I think the guilty in regards to these like kind of claustrophobic almost horror-esque films I think that guilty did a really good job because that twist I did not see coming I re, I, re, I was like oh that's like one of the few plot twists where I'm like oh shit okay yeah I've
0: yeah heard. I really I liked it I I I was struggling with it mostly because I didn't like him. But to the point where the movie was talking about policing and mental health uh, awareness and just not making assumptions about people, all of those things and all those aspects like kind of helped me through it. He was really good in the role because generally I like him as a, like, I don't know him as a person, but he seems all right. And so watching this, I'm like, fuck this dude. And like to your point about that plot twist and just the gut punch that he felt mm-hmm. and he was really good at conveying that. Was that um, I was, I really like that. Um, I really like that.
2: I think Jake Gyllenhaal is finding a good groove of playing these really complicated, almost villainous characters, like between Mysterio, Prisoners and this. I'm like, I kind of like like, dark Jake Gyllenhaal it's it's almost reminds me of Donnie Darko but he's older now so he can play like more mature characters that have a lot of layers because he's really good at that like um and so I actually think it was a really good showcase I don't think anyone's going to really watch it to be completely honest but Mm. I was impressed I was impressed by the the voice acting they got a great cast for the voices
0: and yeah I think that's what sells it too yeah I didn't um One of the things I do think is interesting about that movie is so this and Lakewood, because they are so um, isolated, very small cast and things like that. I'm curious how many people go to the movies to see that kind Mm. of movie. Um, It's very um, austere, right? Like, it's almost like Castaway. You go see a movie It's just like for the majority of the movie, like this is it. Um, that is
2: true. This is like a there's like a new thing with like, hey, we're just gonna focus on this one actor. like it's just gonna be them of the situation. like I think Will Smith and Matt Damon kind of started that off, and now everyone's doing
0: their own version, yeah, 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 I but to your point about the guilty, like it was is good and it's complicated. Um, I kind of want to see it again, just to see. What, if anything, gets said can sets up that twist better? Because mm-hmm. you're right. It, it, comes, it comes almost out of nowhere. Um, I mean, not out of nowhere. It's, it's well done. Yeah. Almost to the point where it comes out of nowhere. So I'm very curious. If I saw it again, would you hear a thing and be like, oh, okay. That, that right there. That's what I missed the first time.
2: Yeah, so, I mean, I just think Jake Gyllenhaal sold like his need for redemption so much with that character that he was willing to believe whatever he was told and then try to save this person. I, I thought I thought he did a great job because you understood, like you, you talked about the gut punch. I mean, that's a phenomenal scene. That I don't know what the rest of the, the acting pool looks like, but that could potentially get him a nomination. Like that's yeah, that was a great scene.
0: Yeah, it was absolutely. Um, so. Wait on Carolyn. I don't. About now is where she would probably drop in, but she was saying that she was having technical issues, and that's why her she's on another interview and that started late. One of the things I, I'm trying to wait and hold off to ask you about Dune, um, but I, I think I just want to jump into it because okay. we talked about it. Yeah, Dune. Oh, okay. We we talked about it on uh, the other Breaking Geek Radio episode that we did today, and I'm. Um, I'm really curious because what we talked about was in relation to Nolan. So I don't know if you saw the news, the fact that Nolan's like bye-bye Warner Brothers, yep, and he's now over to Warner or to mm-hmm. Universal. And so the big deal about that was this is a guy that made billions of dollars for this studio. Now he's just like, all right, I'm out. And what was interesting was that Warner Brothers has promised villain Villeneuve like regardless of how this movie does, they're going to make the next one. Okay, and sure. I. Yes, and so, because of that, um, I'm really curious. I've seen very disparate um, reviews of this. I've seen a 10, multiple 10s. Mm. I've also seen somebody like their review was, Dune is the movie that you can see that will be in theaters shortly. This is my review of Dune. I was like, God <laughs> damn. Um, I've seen it called Watered Down Star Wars. Mm. And so I guess I kind of want to talk to you about that in relation to what Warner Brothers is doing and how you felt about the movie.
2: Yep. So Dennis Villeneuve, I I know he recently came out talking shit about the Marvel movies, which I feel very conflicted about. Um, He makes visually stunning movies between uh, *Prisoners*, Sicario, uh, Arrival and Blade Runner. Like he makes phenomenal sci-fi movies, right? Dune, I would say, I would put in the middle of all the movies he's done in regards to visually quality. or in terms of quality, quality and visually. I would say really it didn't show me anything. Blade Runner twenty forty nine is one of the most beautiful movies I've ever seen in my life. Like they shot the hell out of that movie; it's fantastic. This was like a watered down version of that. It w- it was if it's stuff I had already seen before, I just happened to be watching the IMAX screening, so that was helpful. But at the end of the day, I'm like. I don't know if there's an audience that's going to be into this story enough to want to see two more of these. Like, there are some cool action scenes. Um, I think they're overdoing Zendaya in the marketing. I think that's going to come to bite them yes. a little bit. Uh, and honestly, it's, it's two and a half hours. And that's just the screening I saw, right? That's like right. start to finish. That's without preview. So I don't know in the theater if this is going to be a moneymaker. And that was what surprised me a little bit about the budget when I read it. Because I'm like, he essentially got Christopher Nolan budget but he's never had Christopher Nolan box all his numbers. So yeah. I was kind of curious about what that's about, but maybe Warner brothers knew that their relationship with Christopher Nolan was waning. And so they're like, who's the next big person that is probably going to have a huge hit it might be Villeneuve." And so that's, that's me and my theory. I think the Warner brothers decision for the same day theater release has not been good, uh, but I will be fair in saying most of the movies that have done this have been really bad. I would say, really? with the exception okay. of In the Heights*, um, *Suicide Squad*, Juice and the Black Messiah*, they've been they've been rough.
0: I really like *Reminiscence*. I'm going to throw that. At, like, okay. so I agree with your list. I love *Reminiscence*, um, and I've I've been arguing with people about that movie, and I feel like that that you know that should probably tell me something. Um, but I 100% understand why people don't like it. Um, but I, I I love it. It's I mean. It's, It's gonna it's gonna have long
2: lasting effects unless they completely change course, which they're probably not. Like, I I think they really screwed up. Like David Chase is furious at them, right, for the Sopranos movie. He's like, I wouldn't have done it if I knew that this was gonna be how it's released. It's a movie; it should be only in theaters, not where you can watch on your TV screen like a TV show.
0: I mean, wait, so the Sopranos movie based on Sopranos, the TV show. It's not fit to be seen on HBO. Okay. All right. I mean, I get it. It's kind of like, I was really happy to see that Bob's Burgers,
2: the movie, is going to be only theatrical release. It's not going to be a Disney Plus thing because, yeah, if you're like, if you have a long running, really popular show and you get the opportunity to do a feature film, whether it's about that show or relation to that show, you're like, oh, man, this is like,
0: I'm glowing up, right? Like, this is dope. I So I get it from a couple of things. So I'll, I'll address a couple of things you said. Mm-hmm. First is with Zendaya, yes. So that is a thing that I saw in one of the reviews that she is essentially in the dream sequences from the movie. And what I said was, she's one of the reasons I was going to see this movie. Um, Malcolm and Marie, Spider-Man, mm-hmm. all the things that she has done over the last few years. Um, Euphoria, I've been really into yeah she's she a great actress is, and
2: she's beautiful she's going to be the one of the biggest stars of our our lifetime
0: so young right yeah. all of the things that she's doing right now and she is just at the beginning relative beginning and so for me to have read that i was like ah cuz it was in conjunction with the story about the fact that she's going to be more center in the next one i was like wait what do you mean and then i read on and then it it said what you were talking about um as far as the release schedule goes, I, I get it. But the way that I view it in my head is, it, there are a few ways to look at it. I do think that Warner Brothers did the right thing. It's almost like Afghanistan, right? Pulling out is the right thing to do. Releasing these movies in this way, right thing to do. Seems like the coordination and the things that you needed to do beforehand didn't get done. So they needed to have conversations with these creatives. Um, they needed to be able to sell it to them. And, cause I distinctly remember when Universal, uh, I think it was Universal, like way back at the beginning of the pandemic. And I think it was Trolls. They said like, hey, we're gonna do a dual release and something like that. And the theater came out and it was like, well, we're not gonna screen Fast and Furious cause you're doing X, Y, Z and blah, blah, blah. And based on that reaction, the theater really came out looking bad because there was an understanding of how bad the pandemic was at the point, like Universal was ahead of the game Mm -hmm. and seemed to be making the right decision. And so my feeling about what Warner Brothers is doing now, and what Disney is doing to some respect is that is the right thing. But it seems like there needed to be better coordination with the creatives to get them on board. You're never going to get everybody on board. You can't make everybody happy but I didn't
2: talk to anybody that that's why Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot they were like what the hell like everyone everyone because you're not only messing up with like you know people's expectations of how their art's going to be received and like uh imbued but you're also messing with people's money and I know these are celebrities and really rich people but at the end of the day like you wouldn't like if someone messed with your potential bonus that you were expecting after you did this really cool thing that you know is going to make you x amount of money i
0: mean i can't even say like 60 70 80 million dollars without feeling some kind of way and it's not my money um you know i think that's what scarlett johansson was supposedly looking at with black widow and I, i think with this theatrical release situation it was a situation where um yeah you can do this i don't know if you should it it strikes me that warner brothers just got bad advice. like i i would love to be a fly in the room to see how they got from a to b like this is what's going to happen and no one in the room said like well like maybe maybe let's call patty and let's call chris and you know let's let's talk this out
2: yep i i think uh everyone was just you know underwater everyone was trying to figure it out i just it's just you know now there's consequences to these decisions right and so i'm going to be really curious to see what filmmakers collaborate with Warner brothers going forward right like they're clearly yeah. doubled down on the dc universe um a lot of studios are going through huge overhauls man i mean at first i was like oh streamers that's not going to take over but now based on how the, the established studios are kind of crumbling it's not out of the possibility for Apple, Amazon, and Netflix to be the big, the big game in the industry.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Especially when you look at, so like you mentioned Apple, the stuff that they put out has been really good to me. I've enjoyed the stuff that they're doing. Um, and the crazy thing is this, they have enough cash on hand to buy some of these studios. Like if they just wanted to die. So the same way that Amazon just bought um, MGM, they could do the same thing. So it would be an interesting way for them to, to snake in and make themselves a bigger player in this arena.
2: I mean, there's always a possibility for Apple and Disney to, to, to get together in regards to film production and stuff. And then they have this mega app for yep. streaming. And then they have just a monopoly on big date releases, right? Because that's the thing that's so crazy about that Spider-Man uh, No Way Home Sony. trailer is that yeah Sony's Sony's having their own issues and stuff, but dude, think about how much like we you know we all saw Endgame and that was the second highest grossing film of all time. Do you know how much money Spider Man Three, even with a pandemic, is going to make? Just because if if they if they do the multiverse thing that everyone thinks that they're going to do, it's going to be I'm 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 not, honestly like I'm still like trying to process. How many people are going to go to the theater, even though it might still be in the height of Delta variant, to see that movie? Because that's how much hype there is for this movie.
0: Yeah, I mean, I remember, I'm actually kind of surprised that they did not show more than what they did, because I'm thinking back to the Civil War trailer. And I remember being kind of annoyed that they showed Spider-Man in the Civil War trailer, because we didn't know, like, like, we knew, but people didn't know that he was coming. And so with this one, I'm actually surprised they didn't do something similar, like some wink to the camera where you got either um, Andrew Garfield or Toby Maguire, like something. I'm glad they didn't, but I'm surprised as well. Um,
2: now, do you think they're really in it? Because Andrew Garfield, you know, he's doing promo for Tammy Faye, which just came out and I saw it. Uh, it's a really, really good, it's, it's fucking crazy. But, you know, he's adamantly, like almost like uncomfortably like, trying to tell people like please you're gonna get disappointed please stop bothering me about this
0: but do you think he's in it yes okay. um the only reason that i think that he's in it is because they got jamie fox back as well mm. and so that connection is the thing that makes me think that that's true well why if jamie announced- fox wasn't it
2: mm. i was just curious why announce alfred molina and jamie fox right but none of the other rumored Sinister are six like Thomas Hayden Church, um, I believe the guy that played the lizard. Like it's just weird, like how they've even Willem Dafoe, right? I mean, it's weird they tease them without actually showing him. Because I'm like, yeah, it's like the best villain, like I've, one of the best villains I've seen in all these superhero movies. Um, so I'm like, I'm holding out hope that I'm gonna get the coolest Spider-Man movie ever. But I'm also like, because of the way Andrew's just like getting red in the face and being like, please, like people are gonna be so disappointed. I'm like. Oh no. <laughs> like did it just was it a rumor that just got so out of control that he's yeah. like, I'm really trying to be honest. But we haven't heard from Toby. I nope. want to hear what Toby has to say. Because I don't <laughs> think he could I don't think he could be a I don't think he's a good liar. Well no, he's a good poker player. Never mind. I just talked myself out of that. Talked yourself out of it. Okay. I did you ever see my way? No idea. No, is it
0: good?
2: It's good. Uh, Michael Cera plays this really sadistic poker player that's based on a celebrity, and that celebrity is rumored to be Tobey Maguire. Shut up, really? Yeah, because Tobey Maguire is like apparently wild.
0: Okay. Yeah, I'm going to write it down right now.
2: Molly's game. Jessica Chastain, man, she's been killing it.
0: Yeah. Um, I She was great. So was that, that is not digital right that was only that was only in the
2: theaters i think the premiere was at tiff and um i was i was i didn't know much about the phase so the whole story was very fascinating to me i think she does a great job in that really crazy role um andrew garfield solid per usual uh as the husband yeah also piece of shit but i thought the movie i was very surprised it's one of those uh one of the few movies at tiff that i was genuinely like wow that was that was really good
0: really okay so i'll god you got me sitting here making more and more lists um i didn't so let's rewind a little bit talked a little bit about dune i want to get like your Mm. full-on how is the movie
2: we, we do scales of popcorn on my podcast uh as mm-hmm. of now i have it at a medium just because visually it was cool every every actor did the thing right i think timothy chalamet like a little bit too moody he kind of had like poo face which is something i refer to like it's like this kind of constipated angsty look but he has it throughout a two and a half hour movie and i'm just like okay. yeah um and like I said, Zendaya, Javier Bardem, like conservatively in the movie, screen time and dialogue, I would say six minutes. Really? It's it's. I was very surprised. I'm like, oh, okay. So most of the people of color are like are barely in the movie. Okay, got it. Um, I think uh, what Stalin about Momoa Is creepy though. Well. Momoa's cool. Momoa's uh, he he just gets to have fun. He gets to be just a badass. That's like. Okay. but he's every role he's like jason momoa right like so it's just yeah. it's just oh jason momoa in the sci-fi movie jason momoa's aquaman dave bautista i think they're building up to do more with him because he was just kind of screaming and running around and that was it like he's he's barely in the movie too now when i think about it
0: man um i gotta go back and see if i could find that comment because you mentioned Scar's guard. i remember him saying something like he regretted the fat suit or something like that um
2: but that's the character, though, from my understanding with the description of the book and everything of this character, it's supposed to be this almost at a Hut meets Emperor Palpatine kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see the original movie? I didn't. I didn't. No? Um, OK. Yeah. David Lynch and I have a weird relationship, man. Like I, I try his movies and then I'm just like, I'm good. I
0: okay. tried Twin Peaks. I was like, I'm good. OK, um, so it sounds like the majority of what you saw. Um, you saw in the theater. How much digital stuff did you watch?
2: Um, so I only watched, I would say, three or four digital movies, and I have one more to watch tonight. Okay. Everything else I saw in theaters. I had a uh, twelve press and industry passes, so I maxed that out. Okay. Actually, we got a bonus you- one because we met the Ooh. director of this documentary called "Hold Your Fire" at a coffee mm-hmm. shop, and he got us into the premiere screening. So we got that's all also- true. Yeah,
0: yeah. Okay. Um- Okay so tell me about your process. So this is you covered it last year, right? Yes, virtually. But it was all digital. Yes. So for this year, what was your plan walking into it for like I'm there live. Walk me through that.
2: Yeah, and this is what is most disappointing is I was looking to meet a lot of fellow film critics and get to watch movies all day, enjoy myself and then just talk about movies all night. Like yeah, or for someone that's a huge movie fan, like there's no better thing, and I I've, I've been craving to be able to geek out about films with the way you can with critics, right? Like you yeah. and I, we can talk about movies. Like we got Eman, he's part of Afca. I can talk to him about comic book stuff all the time. Like so, um, I was really excited about that, and then no one really won. <laughs> At least within my <laughs> circle, no one was really there, or everyone had like you know virtual interviews and all this stuff, and I just. I was just trying to like let the city take me where it was going to take me and network. And it it didn't really happen that way. Like after the movie, everyone files out, you're supposed to go to the exit unless you have another screening, Hmm. but they kind of spaced out the screening. So you really didn't have another immediate movie to see. So they would, they would kind of direct you out. Um, It was very, it was very organized, but I was really, I was really upset that there's no concession stand. I couldn't eat yeah. nothing. Not, there was one day I saw four movies, man. And two hours each. And I'm just sitting there dry. No soda.
0: No I can't popcorn. Do it. I, was, I can't do it. I was miserable. I can't do it. Um, so before I ask my next question, you mentioned E-Man. Have you been watching What If? Have you seen him talk about this last episode?
2: I haven't seen that yet. Uh, I try okay. not to watch too many of his because he and I, we have a lot of difference of opinion. So like I try okay. not to watch too many of his uh, recap just because I'm like, I don't, I don't like what I just said <laughs> or I don't like what that angle is, but I appreciate it because he's willing to just yeah. put it out there and stuff. But yeah, I haven't watched the new, the latest one. Is it crazy? Okay. Yeah.
0: I, I enjoyed his comments on it and I enjoyed the episode as well. Um, okay. So, yeah, um, I'm hoping what happens in this last episode doesn't end up happening. But we'll I mean, see what
2: from what I read, I mean, that's it's, it's in, in talking to E-Man, he uh, did a Media and Popcorn podcast where he talked about his campaign to keep the Chala alive. Mm-hmm. The thing is, I think Marvel put itself in a position where it can have his cake and eat it too, where they can technically kill off this multiverse the and then bring in another multiverse. Um, to to like take its place because I think uh, I have this crazy theory that what if episode with Doctor Strange, mm-hmm. it leads into Spider Man. So, my theory is because you know, everyone's talking about how Doctor Strange like wouldn't put the spell, like, why that's so irresponsible, right? Especially after everything that happened with Endgame. And I'm like, after that Doctor Strange episode, what if that dude in that episode, even though it looks like the universe has been destroyed, what if he was able to find another universe? where Rachel McAdams' character lives, which would be our mm. MCU universe, right? And then sure. he's taken uh, Strange's place as him and kind of lots Strange up in like some kind of hmm. portal. Because the rumor is that that's how he collects the Sinister Six, is that he puts it yeah. in this like chamber thing, right? So imagine the real Doctor Strange is stuck in something like that. And that's what the multiverse of madness is about. It's about huh. him escaping and then, or like encountering Wanda in that. I just, I was really like, with that episode, I'm like, I feel like this might lead into something.
0: So I, I definitely think that they set themselves up to go somewhere with it. Um, I would, it wouldn't surprise me if that is what happened. I was thinking more that what happened from this particular episode is that they're going to wrap it all. There's an overarching story to what if. And by the time we get to the end of that, like we're gonna see what that is, and that's what this plays into. Um, but that's just as plausible as anything else. And to your point about their cake and eating it too, at the point where we've gotten like an entire show full of Loki's, you can't tell me there isn't another T'Challa that you could bring into this universe, because um, that would just that would be frustrating. Um, I don't want to. I don't want to relive that. I don't. So I would. I would prefer it if they just did not even have to go and get another universe version, or hmm. or end up killing this version of T'Challa. That they just found a way to do a sly swap, and I I would prefer that because yeah. I don't want to having him pass away and then have to live through that again on screen. Yep. Nah.
2: I understand. and I definitely think that, uh, you know, I trust Ryan Kugler, man. I've been rolling with him since the Fruitvale station. So he, he definitely has earned that. So I'm, I'm trusting what he he's doing. I'm pretty confident. Shuri takes over to mantle. Um, mm-hmm. but that hasn't been con- uh, confirmed. However, it was kind of confirmed for me after we did, uh, the Africa, we're on the Africa round table for small acts. Yeah. So I remember when they were like, uh,
0: don't ask like, her about it.
2: Yeah, they don't don't ask her about. It. But then the day after that press uh, roundtable that we had, she did an interview where she talked about the vaccine stuff, and that mm-hmm. got shut down real quick. And I was like, yeah, because yep. Marvel's protecting her because like you're about to be the, literally the new star of our franchise, and it right. fits with what they're doing because after seeing, uh, uh, what is it, uh, Black Widow, after seeing mm-hmm. uh, Shang
0: Chi, Captain America,
2: Captain America now with Anthony Mackey, the next. Round of Avengers is going to be predominantly people of color and women. That is yeah. awesome. So why not yeah. put Shuri right directly into that as one of the the smart smartest people and they're going to have Ironheart too. I mean, we're about to see some black girl magic on
0: these Marvel screens. It's going to be crazy. Yeah, and from that perspective, I have no issue with the mantle, any of the other stuff. Um I I think it's great and canonically that's what happens, right? At different points in the comic book She's the person that takes the mantle. For me, it really is just that, I think that character of T'Challa should be allowed to live on. That's really it. Um, that's the Kool-Aid that I drink. So, um, something else I was going to ask you, not moral related. Um, so, oh, that's what it was. So you're talking about these screenings. You're in the screenings, they, they get you to the exit. As you're going in, how did you feel about the COVID protocols?
2: Uh, I thought they, I think they made sense. Everyone wore a mask. They constantly reminded you to, to keep your mask on over your nose. So I think they handled that really well. Um, I mean, you had to show proof of vaccine when you enter the, the theater, you had to show ID. So they were very, very diligent. Um, it's just COVID's weird, man, because you could go to a restaurant down the street, right? They're doing all these precautions at TIFF, but you go to a restaurant around the corner you wear a mask to get inside, you're inside, you take off the mask, but you're still surrounded by a bunch of people. Right. And so it was like, I get what they were doing, but they can't control the other elements. And so there's always a risk. And now after receiving a few emails from them saying that people tested positive in some of my screenings, I'm kind of like, I don't know if it was a risk. You know, I went with my co-host who's literally at the hospital expecting the second son, like it, we we didn't get what we thought we were going to get out of it, and now it's it's not like I'm regretful because I can't go back in time, right? But had I had taken a little bit more time to decide if in person makes sense, I might have reconsidered. Okay,
0: um, that's actually going to be my next question. Um, do you wish you? What do you wish you had done? Okay, do we went so, to the press
2: lounge right? Like we're typically like when we've gone to Tribeca Film Festival, the press lounge is popping like. People were there. People were mingling, talking, and so we're like, "Okay, this is international. Like, this is TIF. Like, this is a big deal. it's got to be yeah. out." We went there, and there's like four other people there, and they all are spread out, and they're like, just head down, either looking at papers or on the computer. No one was talking to anybody, and it was just, it was cold, man. I, I was just like, "Oof, okay." I traveled from New York to this. Okay. Did you drive or did you fly? I flew. I flew because it's only an hour and a half flight, and so okay. um, it was quick, and I, I got my tickets early, too, so I got
0: them really cheap. Okay. Okay. Um, was there anything that you wanted to see that you didn't get a chance to see?
2: Uh, n- no. I think because uh, yeah. the last movie I was going to see that I didn't get to see was um, I was just telling you about uh, the the survivor would have been a bit foster, but cause that was the last night and there's supposed to be this event, like for people attending TIFF for like meeting Joshua Jackson from Dawson's Creek and all this stuff. So I went to that instead. It was, a, it was terrible. It was terrible. Um, why would you why, like,
0: wait? Why would you go to
2: that? Well, you know, <laughs> I, I, I was so, I was so eager to like meet people. Like, right. Like <laughs> last time I was in Toronto, man, I like, I met so many people. I was like, I felt like I was the mayor of Toronto. I was having a ball. And so I'm expecting that, and like no one's talking to each other, no one's really interested. So I, I was just like, let me let me try to go talk to Pacey. Let's see what, what was going on with that show. And then so were you a
0: Dawson Creeps fan back in the day? Oh, yeah, absolutely. I thought okay. I was Dawson. All right. Okay. I was never wood guy. <laughs> so yeah. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. So you, you were telling the story. So you, you tried to go be Pacey. and then yeah,
2: so I so I, I ended up skipping the survivor screening. But then I saw that it was online. So I'm like, oh, perfect. When I get back to the States, I'll be able to watch it. And that's what I did last night. Everything else I got to see, I, the process for picking your tickets at first was a little wonky. I thought I was going to miss out because it was like, first set up your schedule, then put your list together. Then you're going to have an opportunity to then confirm your ticket master. If, there was a whole thing, but it was all spread out like within like a few weeks. So it wasn't like, hey, here's an email with all the steps and you do them now. It was like, here's the next step that's going to come in a week. Here's the next step that's going to come in a week. So it was a bit annoying, and I was worried I wasn't going to get some of the movies I wanted to do. But I was able to book everything. I was able to see Last Night in Soho, which I really wanted to see. Dear Evan Hansen, just so I could let people know whether or not it's worth it. Um, I was I was really surprised by the humans. I Like, I'm a big fan of uh, Richard Jenkins and Steven mm-hmm. Yoon. So I was like, oh, yeah, yeah. I'll definitely see this. And I was really surprised by that. I know some uh, people in our circle of critics had some problems with the privilege in that movie, but I thought the familial themes were really, really good. She really liked it. I really liked it. I think the actress that played the mother—I'm always blinging on her name—she definitely is going to get nominated. Like, if she, okay, the only reason she doesn't is if the studio doesn't do their job in campaigning. Like, she had she had some phenomenally powerful scenes and great sense of humor like that's what also i related to was that the families kind of ribbing each other and like just have these like sarcastic responses like that are just quiet not even with dialogue and i'm like that's that this was written by someone who knows like what family is like and um i think that the film it goes in this weird horror element which i was yeah. surprised by um but i i really enjoyed it it's one of my favorite of the festival
0: wow okay um before I ask my next question, I, I have a different question. What about the opposite way? So was there anything that surprised you, like you were really excited to see that let you down? Oh,
2: yeah. I mean, Dear Evan Hansen, I had no, no <laughs> idea that that was going to be it's it's. I don't want to say it's as bad as Cats, but it's, it's one of those musicals that's going to get made fun of so much um, okay. just because it's so bad. It's so exploitative. Um, and Ben Platt, I feel bad, but he looked like he was clearly in his mid to late 20s. Like from scene one, they show his eyes. I'm like, he's got crows feet. Like he's not 16 or 17, whatever this kid is. And so the whole musical, you're supposed to be watching him. And I'm like, yeah, he's gonna be a social outcast because he looks like he's 35 years old. Like they're gonna be like, Who are you? And then uh <laughs> like some of the some of the cho- creative choices, because I saw the Broadway musical, some of the creative choices with the character, um, kind of felt borderline problematic and yeah. then just it it feels more like he's exploiting the trauma of this family versus like genuinely being being caught off guard or wrapped up in this mistake right okay um amanda i'm blanking on her last name but from uh, the hate you give she's in the movie she's the mm-hmm. best thing about the movie she's gonna be okay. a star too she's gonna be okay a big star um yeah, that movie was really bad. My co-host was like, oh, I didn't think it was that bad. I'm like, man, I thought I was going to turn into a horror movie. I thought halfway through the movie, Edmund Hansen was going to murder this kid's family. Like, that's how crazy Ben Platt's... Like, I I was, like, looking around the theater. I'm like, everyone sees this, this is an insane performance, right? Like, <laughs> it's kind of like Simple Jack. It felt, it felt like that. It felt like a musical. No. Yeah. That's the way that he was playing that role. Yeah, it felt crazy. Okay. Um <laughs> it was so bonkers, man.
0: As you're describing him with his crow's feet and, and his age, I'm thinking of uh, that Steve Buscemi commercial, that meme of the uh, what's going on, fellow young people. <laughs> <laughs> really um, underrated
2: rated comedic actor, man. He's really
0: funny. Steve Buscemi? Yeah. Oh yeah, he's absolutely hilarious. Um, yeah. So how did you go about deciding what you, so since there was such as a drawn out process mm-hmm. in terms of getting the tickets and confirming, and then like, sort of like three steps to this process, how did you know that far in advance what you were going to watch?
2: Uh, you know, I read like the 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 papers, so Hollywood Reporter Deadline, so I mm-hmm. keep on top of like films that are getting buzzed. And so I use that and then, you know, kind of just going through the descriptions and determining what, what would be the top priority if I were to, you know, to, to go and like both in person and digital. And so that's how, kind of how I put my list together. Um, and I, I think actually uh, this is the list. There wasn't anything really else that I would have added to this list um, okay. of the films I got to see and uh, approved to see.
0: Okay. Um, oh man. So that's really good. So if you're only going off of buzz and what you're seeing in those trades do you ever how do you ever get a chance to see something that would be um, that's not like an underdog or something that wouldn't necessarily you understand what I'm asking I'm asking uh, you poorly
2: I think so I think you're asking me like how do I get to see the movies that don't get that kind of press or correct yeah yeah so I I mean I, I read through the descriptions of all the films even the ones I'm like I'm definitely seeing that so that's why I stumbled upon a hero, right? I didn't even know that it got an award as a con. Uh, it just sounded really interesting. And I know A Separation was a phenomenal movie from when I heard. And so I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, I would love to see this director's new project. Worst person in the world. It just sounded interesting. Um, and then I, I did read that one, uh, the actress won an award. I'm like, oh, all right, I'll check that one out. Uh, Learn to Swim, the description hooked me. It's like yeah. two jazz musicians getting a tumultuous relationship. And I'm like, Yes, please.
0: Yep. <laughs> like, yes. And yeah.
2: Just just seeing uh black musicians in their element playing jazz music, that was awesome. And so I've been telling a lot of people about that movie. Um the Dion Warwick uh documentary. Mm. That's really, really solid. Um and I i you know, I I knew of Dion Warwick, but I didn't know about her legacy. So when I saw that description, I'm like, oh yeah, I'll definitely watch this one, you know. Um okay. what else is there? Uh, oh to kill the beast which is a foreign film oh, well i mean mm-hmm. a few of the films i watch were foreign but to kill the beast it's a brazilian movie man that might be one of the worst films i've ever seen at a film festival i'm not gonna say <laughs> ever but at a film festival like if, brandon it was so bad my co-host and i are in an elevator with a, a brother that just saw the movie with us and he turns to us it's like the only interaction we had other critics he turned to us and like that movie was fucking terrible, right? <laughs> it was like, yeah. It was really, because we were just stunned at what we watched.
0: We yeah, like, it was confused. This- like, how did this get into the festival?
2: Mm-hmm. It was very
0: confusing. Um, so I, this was part of my frustration. So you mentioned Learn to Swim. That either wasn't available. I got stuff digitally that was saying it either isn't available in your country or, it just would not play. I think they said industry select. And I need to figure mm. out somewhere what that is and what that means and why I can't watch it. But as somebody that was that was viewing this digitally, that was one of my frustrations. Mm. Like there are things I definitely want to see, but cannot. And what pissed me off was one time I was like, you know what, I'll just use my VPN. And so I VPNed and and was able to watch um, Power of a Dog, and oh, did not like it. I,
2: wow, you're the only critic I've heard in the past few days that said that.
0: Beautifully shot, mm-hmm. beautifully acted, goes nowhere. I was just like, I, by the time I got to the end of that movie, I was like, I don't, I don't care, like what's the op shot? Yeah. I don't care. Um, and I'm one of those people where, it's funny. So jammer, you no know, jammer. We always have this, this conversation about endings, right? For me, endings matter more than i think maybe him and i'm just like that ending to me didn't do anything to move the ball. So like, I mean, a great uh,
2: ending can even make up for a mediocre movie like endings are really really important
0: yeah and so to me even though i thought that it was really good like by the end of the movie i was like i don't i don't know what the point of what i watched was um and maybe if somebody explained it to me and so this happens to me a lot on um when i'm with my co-host they won't like something and i'll go no 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 this is why it's good and so i'll go through like 10 or 15 points of the movie and be like you know what either they will like it more than they thought they did or they will think i have to go back and watch it now mm-hmm. so maybe somebody could do that for me in this movie that i would think about and change my thinking about this movie but as I watched it, by the time I got to the end, I was annoyed. And then I could not VPN in to watch anything else. Like it just did not work. So uh, I was like, oh. so I, was like I, 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 bit, I blew my shot on a movie I didn't like. So, so yeah. That's, that's I crazy because
2: you're a critic. You could get the Netflix advance.
0: Yeah, it's really weird. That's it's why really I held weird. off
2: on seeing that. I was like, yeah, I'm just going to email
0: whoever in the media center for the screener it's not a bad idea um learn to swim when is is that coming out how is that coming out i don't know
2: i don't know it's a very small quiet film so strictly art house probably not gonna get any kind of like you know awards recognition It's that maybe the spirit awards but um i don't know man that's like that's tough because i don't know where the studios are at these days with like what do we release in theaters and what yeah. just goes straight to one of our streamers. Um, so I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up on a streamer, like, uh, okay. maybe Amazon prime
0: or, um, maybe Apple TV. Yeah, actually that wouldn't be surprising. Cause I think what, uh, one night in Miami went from the festival yep. to, to Amazon. um, to Amazon between these last. So last year was your first year, right? Is mm-hmm. that accurate? Yep. All right. What did you think was a better year?
2: I will say this year, just because I I enjoy being back in the movie theater, right, and getting to see the films. Because I feel like that's one of the advantages of being a critic is you get to go to the theater, see, experience it as it's intended, and then sure. get back work, right? Like I feel like that gets lost in the digital screeners. Um, so that's, that's why I would say it's better. Also, I think it was a little bit smoother, even though I had to go through multiple steps registering, mm-hmm. Then last year, if memory serves, wasn't there like some issues with like the sites and stuff like that? I mean, that was all film festivals essentially, but
0: I, I did not have that problem. Um, as a matter of fact, I think this, it's weird. You say that. I don't remember that from last year at all. I definitely remember getting an email this year where they were like, Hey, something got screwed up. And so because of that, we're going to move this, like they were moving things around because the digital platform got messed up. I don't remember that from last year at all.
2: Yeah, I, I remember I had. I mean, I, I did like a TIFF review last year, and so I talked about the virtual experience. The best uh, virtual pl- platform I've seen for a film festival thus far is South by Southwest. Like, okay. I don't know what kind of programmers they had, but I was able to get a mani Petty while I was watching a movie. That was pretty cool. Okay,
0: uh, I'm gonna have to try and do that because I still haven't. This is the only film festival I've ever covered. Um, oh, wow. so that's one of the other reasons I want to talk to you. Yeah, I mean, I'm really so I'm one. I'm relatively new to this. Um. And then it was kind of it was convenient and easy for me to do it last year because of the pandemic, mm. um, and so that that really helped. But yeah, um, so I, I really appreciate you hanging out and giving me your thoughts on the movies and your experience at TIFF. Of course, um, I don't I don't want to I want to keep you too long, but this is a great time. I, I'm finally I'm glad we finally had a chance to podcast.
2: Yes, yes. Tell Jammer, man. We gotta,
0: we I'm going to tell it. him. So it's funny. I would even so one, he doesn't care about the festival. So I wouldn't have invited him into this. <laughs> but the other thing is he's having internet issues. So just right now, like if my audio quality sounds terrible uh, to the folks listening, I apologize. I had to switch from my computer to my ear pods and my phone because my Wi-Fi went down. And this is just an issue that I've been having all day. So um, apologies to you, Brandon, and apologies to anybody listening because this is not how I like to do things. So, but that said, um, again, thanks for coming on. Thanks for talking to me about your experience. Absolutely. Where can you be found? Where's your podcast? Tell everybody listening, you know, what's the Sure.
2: Folks can follow me at American Collins. uh, My website's AmericanCollins.com. I'm on all social media platforms. And then I check out Media and Popcorn Podcast. It's on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podomatic, all that good stuff. And then uh, mediumpopcorn.com if you just want to go to a website where you can listen to the, the episodes too. So thank okay. you so much for having me on, man. I appreciate it.
0: No, thank you. And again, so li- yeah, listen to Medium Popcorn, um, all of the places where podcasts sold or streamed. Go listen. Uh, Collins is hilarious. And you can find me, Brandon Jones, of course, right here on Breaking Geek Radio Podcast, as well as at Sir Jones's on Twitter and Instagram. And if you get a chance go on apple Podcasts, rate the podcast definitely would appreciate it and yeah that's it so folks we will catch you next time pasta lasagna that works better with nick i forgot so